The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute, El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. A great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis, psychosis. Whatever, whatever, he's a great wrestler, you know... Hello, and welcome to episode 186 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don Delarente, and I'm joined today by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Ms. Didi Jeanne. Hey, friend. What's going on, friend? So much alcohol. Oh, so much alcohol. <laughs> Are you going to do the, the white person's well? I had two bourbons, three shots of beer. No, here's what, here's what the white people do. No matter what you ask them, no matter when in the day that they, they've been asked, I had two drinks. <laughs> All right. I had two. I had two drinks. You're taking over your three sheets title this week. Last week, I, I took it for one week. Oh, yeah. It was, it was real last week with you. And... <laughs> But, but this week it's all me. All right. And I have one at the house. Mm, distraction well, finish game on deck. Yes. And we're joined by our color analyst, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? What up? I refuse to let I-75 hold me down tonight. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Glad that you could join us. And tonight we're joined by some very special guests. We're joined by the gentleman from the Big Gold Belt podcast. So we're joined by the host, Two Chains. What's going on, bud? What's up, my man? Thanks for having us on tonight. Oh, man. Thank you guys for making some time. And his two co-hosts, Mr. Jamal. Hello. Hey, what's up, bud? Uh, How are you? What, I, what I'm sipping on right now is this 2% milk. No ice. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> it's and my, might I add, it's room temperature, so if he mistakenly oh, wow. falls asleep, he's <laughs> right. He's getting his, 79 degrees. Y'all know about that. He's getting his Bob Backlund on. <laughs> and their other co-host, Mr. Sellis. What's up, man? What's going on, family? How's it going? Good to be here. Oh, man. Glad that you guys could make some time for us. Let everybody know kind of about, you know, your podcast, where you guys can be found. And uh, kind of what your vibe is as far as, um, you know, your topics and, you know, what you guys try to accomplish every week on your show. For sure. I mean, we've been together for about three years. Um, we're out of the, the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. Um, we are very much entwined with uh, Nova Pro Wrestling. We do their podcast and uh, frequently help promote and stuff. Um, very big on the independent scenes as far as going to shows, traveling and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we try to put out weekly content about uh, rumors or just debatable topics that's going on out there that um, we can nail an hour of barbershop talk, as I like to call it. But other than that, you know, we we try to frequently have um, some of the hottest indie talent 
to coming on our show for interviews. Uh, we, we've done a lot of work within like the last year. Um, we're just continuing to push on and on and, and, and simply find you can find us at uh, BigGoldBellGroup.com and everything else is tied there. Um, outside of wrestling, um, Jamal is uh, our resident movie expert. So if you're looking to find out about the, the latest and hottest movies uh, reviews, step over to that. He'll give you the insight. Um, and, and, and this is, you know, some of this material is coming out weeks before the movie even, uh, is released. So, uh, we just try to keep it diverse. Uh, me and sellers, we talk a lot about football as well, too. Jamal is a big baseball fan. So, uh, you know, just regular guys in this area that, that love wrestling, that get out there and do it. But, you know, we talk other stuff as well, too. All right. So we're, like I said, thank you for coming on. We're glad to have you on. And you guys go, you know, follow them on Twitter. Where can they follow you on Twitter? Let them know about the Twitter account. Yeah, we're everywhere too. I mean, like I said, if, if we're on Twitter at, uh, BGB group, because someone is holding big gold belt hostage and they haven't used it since 2013, but everything else you can find us at big gold belt podcast, Facebook, um, Instagram, all that other good stuff. All right. All right. So we're going to do something a little different. We're going to kind of do a quick rundown and then we're going to kind of have like a forum. So we're going to do start with Monday night raw from Albany, New York. Basically, the gist of the opening segment was Stephanie McMahon came back. Uh, she said that she's going to take over the contract signing because she doesn't, you know, think Kirk can handle it. It's above his pay grade. So Roman comes down. Steph and Roman have very little exchange of words. And then that brings out Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens plays to the crowd and says that, you know, he likes Roman Reigns and he should thank Roman. Everybody should thank Roman Reigns because of him. That's the reason why he got to be in the Money in the Bank match. And Stephanie basically makes a match between Roman and Kevin Owens. Well, the match is going, and all of a sudden, Jinder Mahal attacks and causes a DQ. And, of course, they get to beat down Kevin and Jinder, and Seth Rollins makes the save. That causes us to get a tag team match between Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Jinder Mahal and Kevin Owens. Rollins counters the pop-up powerbomb. He hits a super kick. Owen avoids the first attempt, but he doesn't avoid the second attempt. And the curb stomp, or AKA the blackout, finishes it. After the match, Jinder Mahal attacks Roman and Rollins with the chair shots and lays them out. Uh, we get the worst segment in wrestling history this year. Sami Zayn <laughs> interviews Bobby Lashley's sisters. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. was awful. Yes, three gentlemen dressed in drag. Uh, I will say, one yes. of the sisters actually did look like a sister. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, the other two clearly looked like men, but there was one. I was like, mm. I'm going to charge that one to the drinks. I guess that's always. It'll no, always I be said one. what I said. I thought that woman was a woman. I'm going to let you. Certainly charged that one to the drinks because there was three <laughs> guys up there. No, I know there were three guys, but the one, the first one could have been a woman, just a very ugly woman. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You mean wonder what it's all the three guys? No, that first one, listen, I'm gonna send y'all visual cues because that could have been a woman. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, anyway, uh, you know, they make fun of Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley comes down. Of course, it all breaks down. Bobby Lashley beats everybody up in the ring. Um, yeah, the worst segment that they've done in a while. Alexa Bliss gets interviewed prior to her match with Ember Moon. Alexa says that Moon only beat her because she was got, caught off guard. She had the element of surprise. But tonight, she'll be ready. Ember Moon versus Alexa Bliss. Mickey James sneaks in the ring. The ref catches her, sends Mickey to the back. 
Mickey then, you know, takes gets taken out by Ember Moon. Bliss rolls Ember Moon up for two. Bliss goes back to the arm, but Moon hits a knee strike in the Eclipse for the win. Finn Balor and, and Braun Strowman, they meet with Stephanie. She's taking over Kurt's office. They want a rematch with Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Stephanie stirs the pot, and she makes a match between Finn Balor and Braun Strowman instead. Strowman crushes the apple in his hand and says he likes the competition. Did y'all see Finn's face, Didi, when he said, <laughs> when he crushed the apple? Like, holy shit. What is Stephanie trying to Yes, do? I did. Looking like a man. She's trying to break me. Baron Corbin versus No Way Jose. Greg, is this the part where you have trouble getting past every time? You said you had to watch Raw a few times before you got through it. Is this the part where you kind of lost your interest? Exactly, Mundo. <laughs> no way, Jose hits the honor for two. The roll up gets to two. Corbin then he hits the deep six in the end of days. Baron Corbin gets to win. Chad Gable meets with Kurt Angle. They talk about him having to give up his office. Ziggler and McIntyre arrive. They make fun of Angle. This leads to Gable looking the man up, but Ziggler runs him down, so that leads to Angle leading a ma- booking, booking a match between Gable and Ziggler. The B team, my squad, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas versus the Fashion Police. The B team cuts off Fandango, and they hit the double team netbreaker, and they get their second win in a row. And then we get Nia Ronda's contract signing. Stephanie basically stirs it up the whole time. Uh, Nia says that basically she won't be able to get the armbar on her because she's not like anybody she's ever faced before. Rhonda says, oh, don't worry. I will. I'm going to take her title, and I'm going to take her arm. Dolph Ziggler versus Chad Gable. German suplex follows, and Gable gets a two-count. Ziggler cuts off Gable, hits a super kick, and gets the win. After the match, Ziggler and McIntyre, they lay out Chad Gable. Natalia versus Dan Brooke versus Liv Morgan versus Sarah Logan. Money in the Bank qualifying match. Sarah Logan hits the running kick 4-2. Logan then posts Dana. Natalia hits the running lariat and a sharpshooter, and she gets the win. Elias takes credit for the record WWE stock price. He plays a tune and says it's great to feel love. And then Barry's Albany and Bobby Roode arrives. Bobby Roode versus Elias. Bobby Roode hits a net breaker and heads up top. Elias cuts him off by crossing him. Drift away gets Elias the win. Then our main event, Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor. Balor hits a drop kick and heads up top. Braun cuts him off and the power slam follows. Braun drops the straps and hits another power slam. And Braun Strowman gets the win. So we'll start right there. We'll let the guys from the big gold belt chime in. I want you guys to talk to me about how each one of you guys feel about Braun Strowman. So we'll start with the hosts, two chains. What are your thoughts on how do you feel they've used them in the last six months? And where do you think that, you know, the future could be, or what do you think, what do you want the future to be for Braun Strowman? I was hoping I got to talk about Bobby Lashney. Okay, well, we'll get to him. Braun's been misused since, I guess it was, we'll, we'll go maximum term here, six months. I mean, I think Jamal said something interesting about this a while ago, but it's just one of those type of things. He's supposed to be your top guy, and he had a tag match at WrestleMania. And since then, I mean, he had all this momentum of being a monster to compete with Brock Lesnar, the Beast. That never manifested. Both of those, both of them has lost momentum on that. Are even invested in him at all? I mean, is he a face? Is he a heel? Um, he's, I guess he's just literally the new, the new age giant where he's just a big figure for, for, for kids to be excited about. So if I had to rate him on like a momentum level, he's like a 21 speed Huffy right now. And I guess that's good in some cities, but not in all. All right. Mr. Sellers, I'll let you jump in. 
So my problem with WWE and building characters when they have these what I call projects is sometimes they build them too quickly or they take too long to not build them at all. And kind of like what 2 Chainz say, they kind of built them in a way where they have not really, you know, built them at all. Never really gave him a big pay-per-view title match, not even a mid-card title match to even try to develop his character. Uh, compared to somebody who I love, The Miz, where he's basically by now a Grand Slam champion, what I call a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and I think Braun has the capability and the potential to be a big-time superstar. But sometimes we have the Roman Reigns uh, effect going on or the Daniel Bryan effect where you don't know how that Braun Strowman can match up to those two, it, it kind of messes up the progress of his character. So at this point, it's like a wait and see, but sometimes you have to wait and see too long. It ends up becoming a snitsky character where nothing really happens and it's just the size that's going to waste. All right. And Jamal, I'll let you weigh in. I agree with uh, what uh, Marcel is saying. But to put it shortly, Braun has been the subject of many false starts where you think that he's getting going and then they cut the little rug from out of, under him. They start him again. And they stop it again. And then for whatever reason, you know, he's they sprinkle the seeds for Strowman versus Lesnar. It never happens. And then he has his WrestleMania moment with a 10-year-old kid who has to ditch the belt because he has an algebra test. Uh, you know, <laughs> this isn't the Strowman that the monster that we need. This is like, you know, goofball Kane and Daniel Bryan territory. But he doesn't have the history of the being the monster that Kane was. So hopefully... Uh, they can. Strowman said his best when you actually feel that he's going to rip something impossible apart, and I hope they get back to that and soon. All right, G Money, how do you feel they've been using Braun Strowman? Uh, well, definitely uh, incorrectly, but I don't even think it's been really start and stop with him. I don't. I don't think there's really been a push at all. I just think they kind of realize that hey, here's a guy. He, he's over with a fa- the fans. He gets reaction. That's good. But we'll just keep him there, just right where he is, keep him stagnant. The fans, they'll still cheer. They'll still want to see him. They don't really want to put him in the active program because it's not like they're doing anything with him, let's say, with what they're doing with Roman Reigns or even with Seth Rollins. You know, it's just like Braun's there. They gave him a nice big trophy, but he's not – he has no big-time impact with with the brand right now. That's my opinion. All right. Miss Didi Shonae, you want to weigh in on Braun Strowman or I'll let you take the very next question? Um, I would say I agree with everybody. Greg is correct. They don't really do anything with the popularity that he has. All right. I'm going to start you off with the next question, Miss Didi Shonae. Okay. Sami Zayn. <laughs> yeah. They've kind of put him in a bad situation here in the last couple of weeks. With mm-hmm. him not being able to go to Saudi Arabia and then this bad uh, Monday Night Raw segment. Yeah. But if we forget those two things, yeah. uh, how do you think he's done with this heel turn? I think he is a very good heel because, like we talked about uh, a week or so ago, it's really not so much like heel or face anymore. It's like, are you cool? And Sammy's not cool, but he's like, cool adjacent so when he starts talking good shit about Bobby Lashley and about his three sisters it gets you more like they're clearly using him to get Bobby over because Bobby will never be over on the strength of Bobby that's just facts so yeah but when he uses his powers for good as it were it's a fun thing alright alright 
Now, 2 chains. I know you wanted to talk about Bobby Lashley, so since these two are intertwined, I'll let you go ahead and have the floor on your thoughts on Bobby Lashley. I'll make a remark. I think, first off, Sami Zayn is not a good heel because, yeah, there is a very big blurred line between what's a heel and what's not, or, or, or basically what's a heel and what's a face. But I can always... I can always point to Jinder Mahal as being a legitimate heel. Gets tons of heat no matter where he's at, which uh, we talked about uh, some time ago. If you think about Jinder Mahal's story, he's pretty much the American dream. Go out, reinvest, reinvent yourself. Um, you know, do the time, do the and 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 work on your craft to come back and be a champion. I mean, that's what anyone should do. Yet because of this color of his skin and how he looks. He's a heel and le- people legitimately don't like him. And I think he probably is the best heel in WWE right now outside of the Miz, who's just on a whole nother level of everything. And I think Sammy is just like, like you said, he's cool, but I just don't perceive him as being a heel. Um, but yeah. Okay. So the Bobby Lashley thing. Now it's not that I have a problem with Bobby Lashley because I think his theme is ultimately good. And I think that's going to get him over. Um, because themes get people over because Bobby, Bobby Rue obviously hasn't really done much since he came to the main roster, but it's been overly popular because his theme is. So mm-hmm. um, people's themes can tend to be bigger than who they are. My problem is the internet being upset with the fact that they, that the angle that WWE took with, um, with, with this segment, with um, pretty much them being um, uh, men dressed up as women, as some people was butthurt about this. Because it's a sensitive topic all of a sudden. It's just like, and then it's the whole idea of perceiving guys beating up women. Like all this story I'm seeing online. And people forget that the fact that these are just angles and storylines. And then Bobby immediately addressed that they were men (laughs) under the costumes or whatever. Although it was a really bad statement, a segment. I I just hated the fact how sensitive people are. About this whole, about the whole segment. Yes, it was trash, but it shouldn't have people in the uproar talking about they're not watching it no more because of what it was perceived to be. And these are actually the same people who saying that they're they're mad at John Cena and Nikki Bella for for faking their relationship in in order to get viewership for Total Bellas. Like people forget, this is what wrestling is. It's about selling. It's always been about selling. But um, I think and, that, and, that and people noise, just forget about it. I think that that noise comes from people who aren't wrestling fans. If you're mm-hmm. if you've been a wrestling fan your whole life, you pretty much have made the deal a long time ago that this shit is racist. It's sexist. It's <laughs> right. that there right. is. And you know, you if you're gonna stick with it, and you know, you're gonna have to overlook some shit. So for us, this pops up on the radar, and it's like, yeah, we see it for what it is because we watch it week in, week out. We know that they're not going to have a, any physicality with actual women in there. So they had to do something yeah. creative, right? So that's the creative that they came up with. Now, if you're just passing by somebody's TV and you're over on a Monday night and they're watching it, then you may have a totally different view because this is not what you come to every week. So I, I think it's more outside chatter than the people who actually watch wrestling on a consistent basis. Yeah. That's that's just my thought on it. So let me get the other guys involved here. So Jamal, I'm gonna get your thoughts on. I'm gonna get your thoughts on Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. These two guys have come on the scene. It seems like Drew McIntyre has kind of rejuvenated Dolph Ziggler. Um, what do you see the outlook for them? Kind of your thoughts on this group the last month or so since they've been together. 
Uh, I think if you don't come as a package deal already, uh, it's an experiment that will probably last the summer. Uh, whoever the bigger heel is will turn on the other, uh, and then the uh, victim will go face, and then they'll go the separate ways. I'm not convinced that as a tag team that they're going to last any more than, you know, maybe WrestleMania next year, probably earlier than that. I'm thinking Royal Rumble before the WWE uh, completely buries this product and they need to go and uh, have their one-off match against themselves. They did it with uh, Cesaro and Sheamus and then brought them together and they'll probably, you know, do that a bit again. And they've done that time and time again in the past. So uh, it's a cute experiment. It gives them something to do, but ultimately, I don't think it amounts to anything. All right, all right. And then Celis, I'm gonna get your thoughts on the other tag team that's kind of new on the horizon. Looks like they're trying to get a push. The B team, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, <laughs> uh, the creative that I personally push for on Twitter from months that yeah. they should make these guys something. So, what do you think about these two guys? And and, and once again, I agree with you. I I really love them. I think they're very charismatic. Where they actually end up being big faces over than heels. What they're trying to be, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. I, I just think this is another one of those stories where, and we even mentioned this on, on our show, you know, earlier when we recorded, you know, NXT takes time to build a lot of stars. And sometimes it just, something doesn't happen or doesn't click when it comes to the main roster. And then you got Bo Dallas, probably one of the greatest NXT champions of all time. And, and even Curtis Axel, who, when he came out, you know, with the official name change after Michael McGillicuddy, you know, you thought he had something going with him because that thing that he came out with seemed like it was very powerful. You know, the reminiscence of his father where he had Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece. But something happened where the ball dropped. And you thought these guys were on the, the verge of future endeavor season, you know, or, or being released. So just the fact that they get a chance to, you know, be under the spotlight for the Miz, but then take that spotlight or that gimmick and make it their own. I'm really am rooting for them. Um, I just hope it doesn't end like, Damian Sandow's did, and then he's no longer with the company because I really think these guys have talent. Um, but I am rooting for them. I don't know if they ever ever get gold, but you want them to see them do real wrestling matches and not just gimmick matches because these guys do have talent in the ring, and all matches don't need to be about comedy if they have talent. Right, right, all right. Now I'll open this one up to everybody right now. So this guy seems to be the hottest star in the sky right now on Monday Night Raw on a consistent basis. It's none other than Seth Rollins. The people are behind the burn it down. He's got the curb stomp back and looks like sky's the limit. So, Mr. G Money, I'll start with you. Um, what do you see, you know, in Seth Rollins right now that, you know, kind of has changed or, you know, his outlook for the summer, man? Uh, it's so difficult to kind of forecast for the summer because uh, down the road, you, you got to ask the question, okay, what's going to happen with Brock? How are they going to have that transition of power if he does, in fact, you know, go back to the UFC whenever that takes place? I know he's, he's got to deal with the su- suspension or whatever, but I mean, Rollins definitely should have a, another run again with the championship. Uh, he's the best performer on the Raw brand right now. Uh, he's definitely over with the fans. His mic skills have improved. Uh, he just needs a, a interesting program. Uh, gender might might be that guy for him. Um, who knows? It's because, you know, he's 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 one of their one of their best heels right now. So I would really like to see him in the, the Universal Championship picture again. Um but time will tell. All right. Miss D Shonay, your thoughts on Mr. Seth Rollins? I love him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and like he's like consistently is giving like entertaining matches and like I feel like and I could be making this up I feel like he's purposefully aiming to be match of the night regardless of where his match lands in the evening and I appreciate that give me a show alright alright two chains your thoughts on Seth Crossfit Jesus he does what he does in the ring never disappoints all right, all right. Jamal, your thoughts? Uh, Seth Rollins is an unmitigated bore, and it's impossible to sit through in matches. <laughs> I, I, I find it tedious uh, that they give him so much time. Um, no. and, uh, you almost find yourself waiting for a commercial break so that I can go to the bathroom. But uh, Seth Rollins is the type of character where you think that on some distant alternative universe, he could have been great. Now I truly believe that he's just cashing paychecks um, to support his mortgage. This is amazing. Good for him. That's you a hot are, take. You are That's Sam. a hot take, goddamn. I can't. This is amazing. <laughs> this is why Sam is not on the podcast right now, because you are the same person, and you will not be at the same place at the same time. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, my God. Celis, your thoughts on Seth Rollins? Um, one thing I want to add with Greg had, um, yeah, I think Seth is great, but the problem is, Right now, he's the top person on Raw, but he doesn't have your top title. And this is another, you know, transcendent conversation I can get into at a later time. But, you know, even though Brock Lesnar is your universal champion, you never see him. So everything is being booked through your mid-card title. And I really think it should be about the number one title. So if he's your top performer, if he's putting your best matches, you know, night in and night out, if he's your main eventer, you know, he should be competing for that top title, not making your secondary title relevant where you have those people like maybe a Chad Gable or maybe a, you know, a Curtis Axel if they was, in, you know, singles or Bo Dallas if they was in the singles run, they should be building up that title. But that's just my personal opinion. But he does, you know, great night in and night out. But if he's your best match and your opening match of your pay-per-views, that's kind of bad for the rest of the pay-per-view to follow. Yeah, for sure. All right, now we're going to talk some ladies here before we talk into the, some final main event, guys. So, Misty Dijonet, I'm going to start with you on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sasha Bailey thing on again, off again, on again, mm-hmm. off again, friends again, not friends again. Do you still care? Um, no, it's run its course. Like, if it wasn't gonna end up in Bailey putting the brakes on to Sasha, then it didn't need to happen. All right, uh, and you guys want to weigh in before I get into some of the other lady competitors? Don't care about Sasha and Bailey. I, I forgot they were still a thing. <laughs> That's the truth. That's it's the dead truth. to me. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about uh, Ember Moon since she's the new face in the place. Um, she's looked pretty impressive here the last uh, couple of weeks since her debut. So two chains. I'll start with you on this one. How do you feel they've done with Ember Moon? She's getting a chance here at the Money in the Bank. Uh, the Eclipse is impressive. So. Um, you know, that's definitely going to be over for a while, but how do you feel they've done with her character so far? Uh, just need more time. It's nothing to really sample. It's it's not enough to, to make an analysis on right now. I mean, just hasn't, it hasn't been, I mean, her debut before the shakeup was about the only thing that I really cared about thus then. So we'll see how she handles at the pay-per-view, but right now it's just, it's just, I don't think there's nothing to talk about. It's, it's just like, we just have to wait a little bit. Okay. Um, I'll open this one up to Jamal and Celis on Alexa Bliss. Um, she's 
was a champion for quite a while. She lost the title, but she's right back in the mix as she's a member of this Money in the Bank match again. So either of you guys or both of you guys just kind of weigh in on what you think about Alexa Bliss and, and her run. Mo, you can go first. Uh, I think Alexa Bliss is one of those mixed bags where you who's going to show up on a night-to-night basis. Oh, uh, and some in some instances she's been really great, uh, given the making the best of a bad situation. On other situations, she has not shown the ability to improvise and pull herself out of the gutter and have absolutely Hindenburg on television. Um, you talk about one of the worst segments on TV. She was definitely a part of one of the worst ones <laughs> last year, yep. and it's certainly not all her fault. But as the person that's driving the segment, she has to shoulder some blame for that. Um, as far as her uh, role as women's champion and and now not because Nia Jax is, um, it's great because she's still not being left out of the shuffle. Uh, she's still pretty relevant, and she's not being uh, mired by like a, um, a dead weight of uh, Bailey versus Sasha twenty nine. Uh, because that just is a few that won't die. And just to add to that, I mean, if she wins the title again, just say like in the next six months, I think this will be a three-time champion for her. And when you think of somebody of, you know, a woman's wrestler, you know, being a three-time or multiple-time champion, you have to think, is she one of the greatest woman performers of all time? And I really can't give her that yet, just based on what Jamal said by, you know, sometimes she's great, but sometimes she's in, you know, the worst segments of, of all time. So it's really like a hot and cold. I wish it was something more consistent with her if you're going to push her to be that top girl. But um, it just may come to a point where I may fall out of love with her because it's just not relevant to me anymore. It's not impressive. All right. We're going to shift over to Ronda Rousey. Now, we thought that the whole game plan was we're going to take our time with Ronda. We're not going to put her in anything that she's not ready for. And then they hot shot her for a title shot against Nia. So... Mr. Greg, I'll let you start on this one. Um, you know, are, are they uh, booking themselves into a corner with this Nia and Ronda match? Yeah, they're definitely booking themselves into a corner. But, I mean, what in the the history of Vince McMahon have led you to believe that he was not going to just take his brand new toy out as soon as possible and just let the whole world watch him play with it? I mean, this is what he does. Of course, he wasn't going to have some some long simmering program with her. You know, he paid out the millions of dollars to her. He wants to see her out there on the program and bringing in viewers, uh, whether it's to the network or to um, Raw on USA. So I'm not surprised at all about it. It's going pretty much exactly how I thought it would go. I mean, everybody was going to be enamored at WrestleMania, but now you get to the point to where she's in segments and she really doesn't know how to lead them. Her mic skills aren't there. And unfortunately, she's going against an, an opponent whose mic skills are just as bad as hers. <laughs> so it's, it's really bad going into, into money in the bank, at least in my opinion. I mean, the only heat that's there is coming off Steph. I mean, I, I don't know if we've always felt this way, but I'm kind of glad that she inserted herself into this or it would be kind of boring to me. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? I can agree. Anybody can just jump in. Okay. Well, let, let me just say this, uh, and I think Two Chambers already know where I'm going to go with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of juvenile diabetes than I am of Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I think if there were a bigger bag of trash, they should call her the landfill because she's nothing but trash. <laughs> I, I think that the sooner that she, uh, if they get this experiment out of the way, 
and they get the rusty hanger out, shine it up real nice and abort this damn thing, the better. But the bottom line is, is that we're stuck with it. Unfortunately, one bad night at the club will haunt us for the next nine months. Okay. <laughs> I said this earlier, and the only thing that makes sense about this is that immediately when this match was announced <laughs> on ESPN on the bottom ticker, it announced that it's a WWE breaking news. Ronda Rousey will compete for the women's, the Raw Women's Championship at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view against Nia Jax. Who's Nia Jax? It doesn't even matter. The fact that Ron Rousey challenges for a belt made ESPN News means this is all a monetary move here and or ratings. And that's all she's here for. Um, so she's a big enough name to draw people to, 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 to engage interest of her fan base that she's built over years. If it's not from movies or if it's not from the UFC, the fact that her name is put on to this will, would, will ultimately, um, breed relevancy for people. Um, she wasn't the worst at UFC press conferences, uh, and stuff like that, considering that there's way better people on, on, and, and, and those press conferences to, to stir controversy and stuff like Conor McGregor and so on. So I didn't expect for her to come to you to the WWE and be able to cut promos left and right. So you just give her a minimum role, let her keep talking about breaking people's arms and stuff like that. And it'll work. People don't even care now that people just realize that she's a legitimate badass and that her being in a match uh, could pose a threat to anyone. I think that's literally what all wrestling fans care about. All right. So we'll shift it over to Naya before we uh, leave the women's division. So Miss Didi Jonay, I'll bring you back in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this isn't like a six week title run for Naya. Hopefully, you know, they come up with something where, you know, she can mm. keep the title a little bit longer. But how do you feel about her and what they've done with her since, you know, leading up to the belt, WrestleMania and so forth? I mean, leading up to the belt was basically she's the big girl who's being victimized by the little midget. And that's an interesting way to go about things. She wins. That's wonderful. She randomly decides to challenge Rhonda, and it just doesn't really make sense. And she explains herself, and she says, basically, she's doing it for the attention because she knows that Rhonda gets that ESPN attention. And this is the way. If she beats Rhonda, then she gets that attention. And it's just not realistic. So it it's just more like... It's it's basically like a reversal. Like we've already decided that this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna put it on Naya that this is why this is happening. But nobody really believes that Naya would do that. So it's just like, okay, this is a kayfabe life. We just have to go with what you're telling us, even if it doesn't make any fucking bit of sense. <laughs> Got it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Anybody else want to weigh in to jump in on Naya real quick before we move on? Uh, unfortunately, Naya has gotten the short end of the stick because she had a WrestleMania moment, and then she's, I guess, the heel in this situation. Uh, I don't really know what to make of it, but it's, you know, it's it's the longest month of her life, uh, apparently, and she's, uh, <laughs> you know, went from a very, very, very high to a very, very, very low wrestling that bag of trash next month. All right, so... We're well, can I add one more thing to uh, that? Oh, yes, sir. Or just pose a question. I mean, is, is this leading to her basically being like her 
her relative, is she's going to become the corporate champion of the women's division? Is this is where it is heading? Is she's going to be the heel? I can easily I see him setting up for that. I don't think Ronda knows how to be a heel. She's just so <laughs> well, happy no, to be I'm, there. No, I'm t- well, I'm, t- I'm talking about with Nia. I mean, is she just, is she going to be like The Rock? Is she going to just carry the d- tradition of being the corporate champ for Steph? Is, she, is this how she's going to enter into the heel territory again? That would make her relevant. It would give her something to do, uh, uh, at least you know, beyond SummerSlam. I actually like it. I, Instead I of her like just getting too. over for being the big girl. Right. And it would be a way to get him out of the match, too. Steph would get her revenge if Steph somehow crosses the match and was on and Nia sided with her. So that would be her WrestleMania revenge. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good booking, Greg. Appreciate <laughs> My bill's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see if you can book this guy. You know who we're going to talk about. Roman <laughs> Reigns. Who? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let Sully go first. He hadn't said anything in a while. Sell us. Oh man, it, Roman Reigns. It's it, I, I get I get I, I feel like the John Cena effect with him because when you get force of a character down your throat and does not change, it's like the fans just rebel on it. And I think that's where Roman is going right now. And he's he actually had some interviews where he said, you know, if you want me to be heel, put me against Daniel Bryan. And I really think he wants to be heel himself. But Vince has that, you know. Demand that what Vince wants, Vince is going to get. And he wants Roman to be that guy as the big face, as like a Cena 2.0. But sometimes, as even as CM Punk has said a long time ago, when you're yourself just turned up a little bit louder, you know, that's when your your real person or your real gimmicks, per se, come out and you're your best at your character. And I think if Roman gets allowed to do that, he doesn't need to talk. He just needs to be like, I don't care. I know I'm good and I'm going to be good. Just let me do what I do. If you have that type of gimmick on him and book him that way, he'll be much better. Um, other than that, the way that Vince is trying to do, you know, even though that formula has worked for so many years with different, you know, people or characters, sometimes you got to switch it up a little bit and maybe just go in a different route. You know, times have changed. 1996, 98 is not the same as it is in 2018 or even probably 2020. Um, but I, I just wish that, you know, they would let Roman be him, let him be that heel, see where he can go, and maybe fans would naturally respect him not necessarily like him, just to see how his character grows. All right. Two chains, I'll get you in on this one. Your Roman Reign commentary. I think I'm about to I think I'm about to make a hot take. <laughs> what you got? This one this was this was neighbor in Jamal's neighborhood here. I I forgot to bring this up to him on the show and even off the record. But um I don't know if any of y'all been paying attention, but during NXT shows, um people have been re-showing back up. The revival showed up at NXT, and so did uh, and and so did the Fashion Police, which is something we've been talking about for a long time. How some people really need to make an appearance back down on NXT to try to get their stuff together. Roman is so lost right now in everything that they're trying to do. First of all, Cena made the best point ever to him: if you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to cut a promo. He still, with all the investment and complete. Uh, WWE back and still can't do it is a huge issue. To this point, dude, he needs to go that down to full sale every single week and work his ass off on the pro on his mic skills and and figure out who he is because this whole superhero thing isn't working. He did he doesn't even get no pop for for his finisher. 
people want to be a heel. I don't think that's going to breed success. Obviously, the face isn't working. At this point now, I mean, I think Jinder Mahal is finally going to be cheered when he faces Roman Reigns, and that speaks volumes as to how bad it is for him right now. All right. Mr. Jamal, your your thoughts? Uh, I don't think that Roman Reigns needs to go to NXT. I think he needs to go down to Evolve. Uh, I think <laughs> that he needs to talk to Gabe. He needs to get his ass in the gym. Uh, not full sale, but I mean like an actual gym in like West Baltimore or some damn where. And just have him work, just start from scratch. Uh, it ain't working right now. It never did work. Uh, the kids like it, so that's a plus. But I think they need to start and build Roman as like the badass, you know, Samoan Steve Austin that they intentionally, they originally wanted him to be. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns should be Samoa Joe. He should be Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He should be what Brock, uh, Braun Strowman was intended to be. Um, you know, but now he's not that. I don't know where he is, but he definitely ain't that. So Roman versus Matt Riddle needs to happen. Roman yeah. versus Keith Lee needs to happen. And they need to just, just to get down to well, – not Keith Lee because he's going to make him look too good. But they need to get down to basics and just reinvent the wheel with him and start off literally in a bingo hall and say, this is what we need to do going forward. And I think he's big enough where he can get a second chance, whereas he would have just been cut by now. If he didn't do merch, he would have been cut already. I, I will say this too to add to the fact that his moveset is already limited. His mic, his mic work is trash and he's not even considered a veteran. He's still primarily still young in terms of, of, of wrestling, uh, longevity. This is a big issue. It's almost like he's set in the Cena years, but Cena still can cut promos. He can, he does all the stuff outside of WWE. He still pushes merch. And when you look over at Roman, it's like that's who they want to be in years, yet he's almost accustomed to that life now, minus the real stuff that Cena does. Roman Reigns is so bad that he makes Seth Rollins watchable. And Seth Rollins makes me want to swallow pieces of glass. Oh my <laughs> wow. <laughs> Silly, your, your thoughts on I mean, I, I mean I, I have nothing against Roman and I think he's he's got potential to do what he needs to do to be successful. And this is the thing where who's controlling who more? Is Roman controlling his character or is he given a script by Vince and say you must you must perform this the way I say it or else? And this has been a lot of talk in wrestling, you know, before it seemed like people don't just take chances, okay, you got your script, you know what you have to say, but do it in your own way to get yourself over. And I think people are in wrestling right now, WWE per se, are still very tight because they want to make sure they reach that quote-unquote brass ring and do the things that Vince wants to do so they can get that chance. Or they might be in a situation where Brock Lesnar doesn't have to show up but once a month, if every other month or whatever, he decides to show up, and he still gets to keep the title. Because um, I think it hurts his company more than it helps. And it, it, it's hard to say because I don't know who's who's controlling that more. Is, is Roman wants to do more but it's not being allowed to? Or is it, you know... Vince doing what he wants Romans to do. It's very hard to call. All right. G-Money, I'll get your thoughts on Roman. Yeah, I just got a quick uh, fix a flat approach with them. It's, it's strictly short term. Uh, get rid of the damn Superman punch. Send them <laughs> away for six weeks, which I know they won't do. And if you were to do those two things, I think at least for a limited short period of time, he'd be okay. He still had those major issues where he's got to work on his promo. He's got to improve those those in-ring skill sets somehow. But just for a quick fix, get rid of the Superman punch and just take him off TV a while. 
He doesn't need to go to NAC. He just needs to disappear. So people will miss him. They will miss booing his ass. <laughs> when he returns, like, oh, okay, I kind of like this guy. And then six weeks later, they'll be like, boo, get rid of him. So it'll be a quick fix. Look, meningitis, I believe it was, did this for you last year. <laughs> meningitis was the real MVP. It, it, it did this for you. Exactly what you asked for. Meningitis did this. And he came back, and the boos were louder. So Meningitis was my sixth man of the year. Thank you, Viral Meningitis, <laughs> for doing the Lord's work. Meningitis put together the best pay-per-view outside of anything of the, of the big four in the last, like, five years for, for WWE. <laughs> Don't forget to get love to Adderall, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Misty Jone, I'll let you get the final word on Roman Reigns. Um, he needs to be a heel. He needs to beat everybody's ass. So <laughs> the fans can be mad and it can be justified. All right. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Miss Didi Jonay for her SmackDown Matters report. All right. Okay, so they were in Worcester. It is not Worcester. <laughs> I always say Worcester. It's Worcester. <laughs> at least that's how they told me when I was growing up. Um, New Day is out for Miss TV. He wants to know what their decision is about who is going to be the member in the Money in the Bank match. They said they have no plans to watch Miz and Maurice's new reality show. And they all claim to be a part of the Money in the Bank match. He said they're holding each other back. They're stirring the pot. And Woods runs down all of Miz's wonderful accomplishments. But nobody likes Miz because it's always about the Miz. He runs them down for being overachievers and never winning the world title, reminding Kofi of his six failures at Money in the Bank. He puts over Big E for having everything it takes, but he'll never be taken seriously. And he praises Xavier Woods' YouTube empire and tells him to imagine streaming as the world champion. Miz asks, who will take the spot? And Woods says Big E. Big E says Kofi. Kofi says Xavier. Miz is mad because he wants to scoop. No jokes. He then says he could beat any of them any day of the week. New Day huddles, and Kofi says it'll be Big E. And, you know, Miz is happy because he thinks he has a scoop. And then Xavier says, no, no, no. Big E versus the Miz tonight. He says, no, because if I don't get what I want, you don't get what you want. And then they go, shame. And they throw pancakes at him. How do we feel about the pancake throwing? <laughs> I mean, it's not waffles, so what do you, I mean, what are we doing here? I'm totally a French toast guy. Yeah. Right. But I mean, how do, like, would you rather they waste a, a bread that you want or a bread that you don't, you know? <laughs> a bread that I want. Yeah. Waffles for the win. But you like waffles because they're little pockets that hold the butter. <laughs> but then they don't want to be wasted. I, I think pancakes are the correct thing to waste on shaming the Miz. Personally, but anyway, I was just surprised by the accuracy. Good, the good aim. So after they toss the pancakes, Miz leaves. He meets up with Paige in the back, and she's like, "No, baby, you, you said you could beat them any day. That day is today. Go have your match." So match is Miz versus Big E. He cuts off an apron spear, Miz does, and follows with a DDT for a two count. Miz counters the big ending. And they work into a double down. The bar arrives. 
and attacks Woods and Kofi. They distract. They distract Big E. Drake. There you go. And Miz hits a skull crushing finale for the win. While this match happened, at some point or another, Kofi runs around the ring, jumps onto the steps. Yeah, that was that was pretty Leaps good. onto Cesaro's shoulder and somehow manages to take out Cesaro. It is I think I have the names wrong. Seamus is who he took yeah, out. Yeah, that's it. I knew I had it wrong. But it was the most amazing thing. Like, he's just so good. He's like an acrobat in the air. But yeah. Good stuff. That's yeah, it was amazing. That's what happened. <laughs> um, there's footage of Daniel Bryan kicking Big Cass's ass last week. Mm. Big Cass is on crutches. He's not cleared to wrestle. But Daniel is interviewed about his match with Jeff Hardy. It means everything to him. Last week he showed Cass what he could do. He hypes his match with Jeff later tonight. Daniel Bryan puts over Jeff big time, but says he loves the challenge and will tap out a legend later tonight. Cool, cool. Thoughts? No. Aiden is out to sing Lana to the ring. <laughs> the Iconics arrive and mock Aiden, and they perform a duet. They are spectacularly horrible. Oh. And this means things because, you know, Don loves one of them. I don't remember which one. Peyton. Yes. Yeah. Both of them are fantastic. Agreed. Yeah? Yeah. And I, Australian. So that's a plus. I do know that they're Australian. Agreed. And I do love Australia. And Australia Agreed. will kill you with little to no effort. Because that's what Australia does. <laughs> Rusev called Billy Kay the Australian lady with the funny accent. <laughs> big facts. Big facts. Big facts. Aiden is out to sing Lana to the ring. The Iconics arrive in mock English. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, Lana versus Billy. It's a Money in the Bank qualifier. Aiden's at ringside, as is Peyton. Aiden presents a Lana Day sign as the bell rings. Billy is pissed, and the Iconics slap him. And Lana attacks Royce, but Kay then attacks Lana and rolls her into the ring. Lana hits a head kick and an X Factor, and she what? Wins. Lana day. Lana day. Lana day. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're shocked. Yes, all your hands are up. I know. I'm not even shocked at the fact she won. I'm shocked at the fact that it seemed like they were getting ready to break all this up. Sure did. Sure did. You mean the Rusev Day stuff? Yeah. Yep. Like he was going to kick Aiden off. Not even that, too. They the whole really fact did. that like, yeah. Rusev was pulled from the Greatest Royal Rumble because of yeah. reasons. And then it seemed like Aiden English was about to get released. And now they're together and they got something new going on. I mean, they literally got buried by The Undertaker. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a quick turnaround for that tandem. So that's more of the surprise than the win. Merch, baby. The numbers don't yes. lie. That's it. Yeah. Zelina cuts a promo about the greatest, the greatness of Andrade Cien Almas. If they don't get what they want, they're going to take what they want because, you know, that's what the Mexicans do. Thank you. <laughs> Cien- <laughs> 
I that sounded sound real Trumpish right it there. It was a Trump joke because they're friends. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> you're you're tracking what I'm doing. Okay. Cian Almas versus Jobby McJobberson. Cian beats down McJobberson, but he starts to fight back and quickly gets cut off with a spinning back elbow. The charging knees follow and the hammerlock DDT finishes it off. Boom. That's that. Yeah, I'm not racist. I just kind of assume that the WWE is because they're besties with Donald Trump. That's all. Follow hey, me. Yeah. Okay. Follow me on the journey. Okay. So Carmella is interviewed in an Oscar mask. She talks about all of the haters and says since she beat Charlotte twice, that makes her twice as good as Oscar. Because remember, Charlotte beat Oscar once. Yeah. Yeah. She will continue to prove that Mella is money. That's why I call that fuzzy mask. I mean, there's a, there's a logic in it. It's, it's just slightly more accurate than Scott Steiner math, but just slightly. Yeah, vaguely ish. It's very like eh, kind of sorta. Okay, next, Renee brings AJ and Nakamura to the ring. He doesn't want to fuck around; just wants the answer. He wants to know what his stipulation will be for their money in the bank match. Nakamura promises to destroy Styles and says his title will be. His, he says, AJ style will be Nakamura's and SmackDown will be his house. Nakamura jokingly says it will be a pillow fight. AJ says Nakamura is the king of soft style and which you go. <laughs> it's supposed to go, ooh. Oh, ooh. My <laughs> Thank, bad. Thank, you. Right Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got there. You got there. You got there. Um, Nakamura says AJ jokes because he's weak and just wants to give him a need to face. AJ says Nakamura can't beat him when it counts, which is why he takes cheap shots. And he says he doesn't care anymore. He goes to leave, but they brawl to the floor. AJ dismantles the announce table, but Nakamura attacks with a chair. Then they head into the crowd, then back to ringside. Nakamura cuts him off with a chair shot, and then he does does a nice little pose. He starts counting, teasing a last man standing match. He then slams AJ off of the announce table and lays him out with the Kinshasa. Nakamura counts again, this time getting to 10. Nakamura confirms it. Their stipulation will be a last man standing match. The Good Brothers. Wait, wait, wait. How do we feel about the last man standing match? It better be the end of it. We don't want to see it anymore. Make a make a conclusion. Oh, to good luck with that. Good <laughs> luck with that. Anybody else? That's it. Just me. Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of AJ Styles, and Nakamura hasn't been the same since '07. Since eleven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Excellent. Okay. Cool. It's great. Good brothers say they respect the Usos, but they blew their shot at the tag titles. They plan to win their titles at Money in the Bank. The Usos say this is in Japan, you get it, or Raw. So, welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. The the Good Brothers call them something. Do you want to guess? Nerds. (laughs) Yes. And then they brawl. So that sets up a match. It is a number one contenders match between Usos and the Good Brothers. Gallows tags in and gets cut off. The Usos hit the top rope splash for a two. The Usos head back up top and Anderson cuts off the double Us. Um, the Magic Killer gets the victory for the Good Brothers. Yeah. 
we care, we're happy, we're sad. How do we feel? Yeah, I'll be back from break for uh, Money in the Bank for me. Big facts. Big facts. Uh, next, Naomi versus Sonya Deville. This is another Money in the Bank qualifier. Sonya, Sonya, the one who was allegedly dating a neo-Nazi. Lays in kicks, but Naomi cuts her off and lays in strikes. They trade kicks and work into a double down. Sonya now follows with a knee strike, but Naomi gets the prawn hold for the win. And she does what? Slides out of the ring so that they can't double team and whoop her ass like an icon. Nice little Lucha Libre roll up by Naomi. She's she's kind of good at this. I'm a man. Okay, that's how we feel. <laughs> Listen, I've been wow. drinking. I got vocals. Don't do me. I got vocals on tonight. Uh, that's it. That's it. Okay, Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy. The winner will face Samoa Joe next week for a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Jeff cuts off the knee strikes and gets a roll up for two. Then they fight over a backslide. Uh, Daniel Bryan dragon screws the leg and it looked like it hurt and locks on a knee bar and Jeff taps. Then Samoa Joe tells Daniel Bryan not to celebrate because they face each other in the main event next week. And then Samoa cuts a backstage promo noting that he's just telling the truth. And next week, Daniel Bryan will go to sleep. And that is how you smack down for the weekends. DD. Hmm. I'm going to get to see this live and in color next week. Oh, you're not fancy? Next Tuesday. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. Real SmackDown next week? It's going to be in Raleigh. Okay. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, um, hopefully, Samoa Joe wins, actually. I know uh, this, hopefully, Cass will come down there and do some screw job and get some heat. And we'll get Samoa Joe in this uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Because Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens got to have two big guys in there. Catch people. Yeah. Got Rusev in there too, don't forget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got Rusev. So, uh, hopefully it'll be, a, it'll be a good night. So, you've made your, uh, everybody's made their thoughts known on uh, AJ, AJ Styles. Thanks, Jamal and Nakamura. So, We'll just run through Daniel Bryan since he's been back really fast before we move on to NXT. Just get everybody's thoughts on uh, Daniel Bryan. They're kind of slow playing the ultimate feud that everybody wants them to have with The Miz. So, Sully, I'll start with you, my friend. Yes, sir. Your thoughts on uh, Daniel Bryan and the and you know how they've handled him since he's been cleared? I think this has been a good thing. Um, don't rush him to the top. Make him you know have these little mid-storylines before you, like you say, get to the ultimate one with The Miz. Um I really wish and hope um, this can be where Miz and Brian not only confuse at WrestleMania, but actually be for the belt. Um, I am a Miz fan and I am partial to him, but I think he'd be the perfect candidate to win um, his second money in the bank and probably cash in to win the SmackDown or WWE title, of course. But then that could be a great feud to lead to uh, next WrestleMania where Miz and Brian can come to a complete head and, and have the ultimate match there. Okay. Jamal, your thoughts on uh, Dane Bryan? I understand that it's uh, there's some unfinished business between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, and uh, they want to see his little Cinderella story, uh, you know, have a happier ending than it than it did uh, a couple years ago. But I can't think of a good goddamn reason to watch him. Um, Daniel Bryan isn't a person that I, I resonated with. Uh, he's not, you know, somebody that moved the needle for me in WWE. And to be honest with you, uh, it's not that he isn't good. We all know how good he is. 
It's just that I don't think he fits the mold of what WWE does. And hopefully, sooner than later, I think his contract is up in September, he jettisons himself from the uh, from Titan Towers and lands in uh, Ring of Honor or New Japan or something. But um, uh, creative, creatively, uh, we've, we're only seeing 20% of his potential. All right. Two chains, your thoughts on Daniel Bryan? I kind of agree. I agree with both of them put together. <laughs> Sincerely. All right. Miss Didi Jonay, what do you think about the way they've used Daniel Bryan since he's come back? Uh, it could be better. Yeah. I don't I don't have deep thoughts about it. Oh Jesus. Don't drop the drink. It wasn't a drink, it was scissors. I was about to have to go to the emergency room. I need you next week. Next I, week know, I know, I know, I know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um so. it could be better. I feel like they just kinda do what they want to do and they don't really take into account the temperature of the fans so they do these things and then it's not always the the correct thing or even the smartest thing but you know we work with it and it it involves things like having rusev beat him and then we have to go through extra steps to get him where he needs to be like at the money in the bank match but you know they get there eventually it's just like a convoluted way that they get there all right so I'm going to just go through NXT really quick for this week. We had TM61 defeat Heavy Machinery as they used the cradle with the feet on the ropes again. So establishing their heel turn. Um, we get a pre-tape interview with Bianca Belair. She claims that she's the hottest woman in the whole division and she plans to keep proving it next week. We get an EC3 video package. Then Lacey Evans defeats Kari Sane as Lacey Evans catches Kari Sane with a knockout punch as Kari Sane was leaping off the top rope. Uh, Kathy Kelly catches up with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Johnny has on a neck brace. He teases that he has made a big decision and he doesn't want to do it, but says it has to be done. Following last week's big win, Winnie Lorcan and Danny Burch feel like they've earned a title shot. Then backstage, the Undisputed Era gets promo time. And they say that Pete Dunn, Oni Lucky, Oni Lorkin, and Danny Birch were lucky. O'Reilly blames Dunn for giving two nobodies a chance to shine and says he wants to beat uh, Danny Birch one on one. Then we get Velveteen Dream and Ricochet versus Lars Sullivan in a handicap match. The Dream tags in and double teams follow. Ricochet hits the springboard 450. The Dream then turns on Ricochet with the rolling DVD. The dream calls Ricochet pathetic, and then he starts. Uh, then he starts screaming at him that he's screwing him. Dream then leaves, and Lars hits the freak, ac- freak accident and puts Ricochet away. Next week we get Shayna Baszler. She's going to defend the NXT Women's Championship against Dakota Kai. Dakota says that she's wanted this title shot for years, and getting the chance is her dream. Shayna arrives to scare Dakota and runs her down, telling her that she has no chance. Dakota Kai says, "We'll see about that," and Shayna is confused by this. Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae come out. Johnny has a neck brace on as they make their way to the ring. Johnny and Candice, they get a huge reaction. Johnny details the last attack by Ciampa and that he left on the stretcher and his body reminds him of, of that attack every morning. He says he's been doing this his whole life, but he's realized something and that he has to think about his future, to think about their future, and he has to ask himself, is it worth it? The injuries have added up and it's taken a toll on his family, his friends, and his wife. Johnny rips off the neck brace and says, it's worth it. And then he calls out Ciampa as Candace begs him not to. Ciampa says he's coming to the ring. And if Johnny is still there, he will finish this. Rest arrive to try to stop this. And Candace is trying to talk Johnny out of it. 
Chopper tells Johnny to be a good little boy and listen to his wife. Johnny refuses to listen and looks to rest the ring, but Chopper knocks Johnny back to the floor and Johnny knocks himself into Candace and she's down and the refs call for help as Chopper exits looking worried. So, of course, Candace Lurie is like all knocked out. They got the EMTs coming out, put her on the backboard. So, good way to end NXT, continuing the Tommaso Ciampa is the meanest man in wrestling angle right now. So, good stuff. So, you guys, I, I guess, are big fans of NXT? Oh, yeah. Um, how do you feel about this uh, Undisputed Era Um kind of brain that they've got since they've got all the belts right now kind of looking like a mini nwo mixed with the bullet club right now you guys liking that or you think that is just kind of dead end creative that you know they're gonna eventually have to do something different that that's a good question because i feel like it, it looks good right now in nxt because the nxt demographic is very similar to what roh is but if you want to make that to a bigger level which always we got to look forward to when it comes to raw smackdown when they get elevated how is that going to look then? Um, I'm just not sure how it compares. Because if you bring him on Raw, once again, going back to the Brock Lesnar debate, if he's still there, are they going to be keep competing where they're going for, okay, they got the tag team, it's just IC, or is one of them going to try to compare for or compete for Universal Championship? If you put him on SmackDown, it might be better, but they might get lost in the sauce because right now you still only have two hours and you have so many characters that don't get on the show every week. Um for right now, it does fit what NXT does, and maybe this will be a time where they can just ride out NXT for a little bit before they see how they develop their characters within NXT, and then when they become individualized, um, that might be better progressions for when they make it to Raw or SmackDown. Um, so I don't want to look too early at it to see what their future is. I definitely want to respect for what they're doing right now, and it's good for NXT. Um, hope they can continue to build during the summer. All right. Uh, Jamal or uh, 2 Chains, you guys, any thoughts on Undisputed Era? Um, I like them. Uh, their theme is amazing. Uh, and I, I wouldn't compare them to anybody else, though. I don't think that they're a, a full-blown click like the NWO and, or any offshoot. I don't think that they are like the vigilante run amok uh, that, that, that Bullet Club is. Um, it's so new and it's still fresh and we're still able to be surprised because it's so new that I think that they're in a good place at NXT right now. And because of their structure and how long it takes for programs to um to manifest you know they this you know their next pay-per-view is before money in the bank and then after that it's in brooklyn in august so you know they they're going they're good for the summer they're definitely good really for the rest of the year and obviously when bobby fish comes back if he hasn't already um that's just another cog in the wheel and they're they're doing good business right now all right um we'll talk about uh We'll talk about this as a package because they're probably going to end up facing each other. But Velveteen Dream and Ricochet, I'll just leave it open to any of you guys just jump in. We got the sample dose here at an NXT live show. So we know they can work. Um, Ricochet is no stranger to being one of the best performers out in wrestling right now. Um, Velveteen has progressively became um, on the top upper echelon of talent within NXT. Um it's good to see someone who's been through the machine as far as tough enough and um, the performance center and, and all that reworking his gimmick to be, to actually become and manifest into something um, as, as big as he is right now. So, um, you know, they, they, they've worked together a lot on, um, on their tours and 
um, ultimately it's going to lead to them versus each other at TakeOver, and I think it's going to be one hell of a match. All right. Sally, your thoughts on Velveteen Dream and, and Ricochet? I'm I'm a huge Velveteen Dream fan. Um, I really think he, at 19, almost 20 years old. I mean, this guy. I mean, he's older than that. I mean, he debuted at 19, 20 years old to to become what he is now. I, he's just grown a long way in such a little bit of time. Um, I expect this match to be the opener for NXT Takeover Chicago, and probably like a a three part series that may lead to Velveteen getting elevated. Um throughout the summer, of course, through here and then NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and, and, and so forth. Um, I, I just want these guys just to show what wrestling is really about. I don't want anything to be held back. I just want them to develop, you know, as they can and just rock out in the ring. Um, I would be disappointed if they did nothing less. Even when you looked at what they did the night before WrestleMania or the Friday before WrestleMania, um, they had an outstanding show, outstanding show, and, and just at that ladder match. And I just expect to see them do that, you know, one-on-one. All right. Jamal, your thoughts on Bevatine Dream and Ricochet? I won't be in Chicago uh, for their match before Money in the Bank. I will be in Brooklyn uh, for, yeah, hopefully, the continuation of that series. And if it's and if it's still going good, I will be in Los Angeles before Survivor Series, uh, and I hope they can keep it going. Um, it's Momentum is definitely key in NXT, and if you have it, then they'll go with it. And if you don't, then you can take that L back to the bus. So right now, they got a good thing going, and I hope that they continue to do so. All right, and we'll wrap up the form portion of the episode with just talk about the two champions in NXT, Shayna Baszler and uh, Aleister Black. So, Jamal, as you start off with that conversation, uh, what do you think about both of the champions right now? Um, Aleister Black, I know there's a lot of hype around him. I don't really get it. Uh, he doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, I, I think that uh, he's kind of a, a placeholder champion before another more deserving champion gets a longer title reign. Uh, Shayna Baszler is the best Baron Corbin in wrestling right now. Um, second best to, uh, well, uh, right under her is uh, Punishment Martinez, who's the <laughs> second best Bar- uh, Baron Corbin in wrestling right now. And I think that she is definitely, um, surprisingly, even though you know, her mic skills aren't where they need to be, uh, she is, but she's in NXT. So maybe they are where they need to be. But Shayna Baszler is definitely doing good work because I feel like when I see her and I see Samoa Joe that um, shit is going down and she is not the person that you want to mess with. All right. Two chains. Your thoughts on the two champions at NXT, Shannon Baszler and Aleister Black? I agree with Aleister Black. Uh, I was rushed. And it just kind of feels like whatever. Maybe it has some implications with the UK championship tour tournament and all that other stuff going on that he's able to be involved with promotional reasons wise that they have a um a champion uh coming from over on over there Shayna Baszler uh I agree with everything Jamal says um she still needs improvement um she has bigger better things to come but she has to uh polish her craft and bike skills is whatever um but she she's improving um at a steady pace so but I'm I'm cool with her being a champion I'm always I'm always cool with a heel champion all right and Celis you'll get the last word man um, I, I agree with both what what Jamal and and uh, Two Chains said combined. I, one thing about Alistair Black is I, I really wish I don't know maybe it's just something missing with this character that I wish they have. I can't put my finger on it, but I, I still have high hopes for him. But once again, the development of how he'll translate into the main roster, which I always look for, I'm just not sure how it will be when it ends up. I don't want to compare him to like that CM Punk type when CM Punk first came out to. 
um, ECW, and then he had to tweak his character a little bit before he became big on, on the WWE scene. But I, I still want to see how it develops going forward. Uh, Shayna Baszler, just like 2 Chain said, I, I like to see that heel champion. She has a lot of work to do, but I just like her character and what it can become. I lied. I got one more question. What do you think this match is going to be, the stipulation between Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Ciampa at the next takeover in Chicago? What type of match do you think it's going to be? I think I already read the spoilers, but oh, it no. is. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. We live the kayfabe life here. No spoilers. <laughs> so you All right. Well, it's going to be a last man standing. <laughs> Throw us off this scent. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense, honestly. I mean, considering that uh, what their matches are and how brutal they are and everything, the last man standing seems to be the definitive you know, place to end it. I haven't looked at any spoilers myself, but um, I would love to bring back an I Quit match. Um, I would like to see what that would be, if, if that can happen. Um, I think it would be a perfect scenario for this. It might go 40 minutes, 45 minutes, but just to get somebody to say I Quit at the end of this match would probably be the you know, ultimate way to end it. I heard an idea that I like from another podcast. I wish that this could be the first NXT Hell in a Cell match. Mm. Just because the feud has kind of warranted it. You know, they're you know, brutal enemies. He's hmm. stretching them out, you know, his wife and everything like this is, you know. Well, it is going to be in Chicago and there is one particular stipulation that is very synonymous with Chicago and hmm. that's what it is going to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. So stay tuned to NXT for the next couple of weeks and uh, that will definitely will be announced. So at this time, we're going to open it up to the guys of the Big Gold Belt podcast so they can give their thank yous and shout outs. So we'll start with the host, Two Change, your thank yous and shout outs. I already talked too much. I'll let Jamal handle it here. All right. Uh, well, personally, I'd like to thank uh, Faye Jackson uh, for uh, <laughs> and, and the good people at Twitter for combining both of those things this morning. It was a good time to be alive. Uh, I also like to thank my mama. Uh, you know, she, she knows exactly what she did. Happy birthday. And, um, no, but no, you know, seriously, thank you guys for having us on. It's uh, good to talk wrestling. Uh, full disclosure, I haven't watched Raw in about 18 months. And your descriptions of Raw and SmackDown remind me of why I will never continue to do so. Because <laughs> the uh, best of the Super Juniors is the best thing going on wrestling right now. Um, and of course, uh, thank you to anybody and everybody that has ever listened to a word that I've said on the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. And, uh, hopefully, if you guys are up here in the Northern Virginia, uh, D.C. area, uh, you come through and, and see us do a podcast live at the Nova Pro uh, event. We do the pre-game, pre-game show, the kickoff podcast. It's, uh, it's, a good, it's a good time. So, so again, thank you to, to you all. Thank you for everybody. And thank you, Faye Jackson. You know what you did. All right. <laughs> and for me, just thank you guys for coming. Um, I believe you guys are from Carolina, right? No, we're all over the place, man. I'm from North yeah. Carolina, and Dee's in D.C., Greg's in, in Georgia right now, Sam's in Texas. Okay, yeah, you guys are all over the place. But uh, I'll just give shout-outs to you know, everybody for where they're from. I do have family in North Carolina, so definitely a huge shout-out for North Carolina. Charlotte is like my second home. Um, but I just you know appreciate you guys having us. Always a good time to talk wrestling with good people. Um, you guys got a great show, so thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, shit. Shout out to them Carolina Panthers real quick. I mean, are we even going to even uh, mention how great of a year we about to have? Yeah, we didn't get no Super Bowl bid. The Falcons got one and the Saints got one, but don't even matter because they're not even going to be in it. So we're going to win both of those inside their home, and that's that's going to be the icing on the cake. But no, seriously, hey, um, thanks for having us on for sure. We always like to uh, 
to embrace the debate and try to give our abstract views on wrestling and stuff like that. Um, again, like to to uh, to uh, mock what Jamal said earlier. Definitely, if you're within our area, come to our local home promotion in Nova Pro. Um, they're bringing in some of the hottest talent all over the world, um, and and a lot of these people. <laughs> Uh, Nick's move is NXT, so get a chance to be up and close and personal as they're still putting in the hard work before they end up making it to WWE when they're kind of, excuse me, get marginalized into their system a little bit. But I mean, on the indies, why I love it, it's very personal. They're still hard working, trying to make a name for themselves. And Nova Pro is putting out, putting together some of the best masters out right now. Very, very family friendly. Bring your kids, all that other stuff. And then, you know, Come chill with us as we get you guys uh, prepared for the show as we do the pre-show and stuff like that. So, all right. So again, check those guys out live. You can check them out on Twitter and Facebook as well. And at this point, Miss Didi Jone, I'll open it up to you for your thank yous and shout out. Um, shout out to our guests. Shout out to the chairman. Shout out to Samuel. Shout out to Mel because Mel always gets shout outs. Shout out to Happy Hour. <laughs> Yeah. You know you're in DC, right? So we expect Shut to up see so you risky. June. See me in June. What happens in June? The Nova Pro show, man. We gotta get you in there. It's in DC or is it like it's in Northern it, Virginia? It's in, it's in Annandale. Annandale. It's, it's like Oh yeah, she, yeah, she's definitely from DC. She ain't crossing the for no one. It's not metro accessible, it's not it is. is I it? mean it is. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I mean, we'll you, you cross the river though. You gotta talk about that. I mean, if I can get to it on the train, I'll get there. All right. That's yeah. a commitment. I'm down. Shout out to that. <laughs> yeah, those are all my shout outs. That's it. All right. Mm-hmm. I'd like to shout out the host of the Big Gold Podcast, Two Change, Jamal and Sally Sellis, for coming out and joining us this evening. I'd like to thank my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Misty Dijonet. I'd like to also thank Greg Magnum Prime for joining us tonight. Give a big shout out to Sam. Hopefully, Solo is as good as I think it's going to be. A uh, big shout out to the chairman. Shout out to everybody who was uh, joined us for Rawcast and SmackDown Matters this past week. Uh, please go to www.cspn.us. Support the sponsors. Click on Amazon. Don't wait till the last minute. Get your dad something cool for Father's Day. Don't buy him a tie, a pair of socks. Get him something that he really wants. <laughs> Do it through CSPN. Help keep the WrestleCast free each and every week. Um, and like I said, next week, the ladies are taking over. So... Jade to the Max returns along with Didi Jonay. And it's going to be ladies' night. So shenanigans will ensue. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for that. So for the Big Gold Podcast, for Didi Jonay, for Greg, I'm Don Del Rente, And this has been episode 186 of The Wrestling. Please stay tuned for the party. The bell never rang. I left on a stretcher. Every morning when I wake up and I struggle to get out of bed, my body reminds me of that day. My body reminds me of a knee that smashed my head into that LED board. My body reminds me of being driven off that stage through a table. I've been doing this basically my whole life, but I sat down with Candace and I realized 
time to start thinking about my future. It's time to start thinking about our future. I need to ask myself, is it worth it? You know what? You know what? Yeah! Yeah, it's worth it! Tommaso Ciampa! I know you're back there! Come out here so we can finish this right now! Next.